like it's just garbage, but I really do think that we shouldn't reinvent the wheel. And I think we have amazing documentation. We should utilize that. But speaking about documentation, just organization and documentation in the correct manner is critical. If you're ever starting a company, keep that in mind <laughs> because otherwise you end up with big messes that you have to deal with later on and it's not fun. Back in 2006, we had this great idea of starting a digital marketing agency, Invesp. We had no idea what our journey would look like and how our company would grow. In a turn of events, as if we weren't busy enough, a couple of years ago, we launched our SaaS company, FigPi. Two companies run by a husband-wife team and stretched thin. Our life is crazier than ever. Join us every week on Boot Trapped, where we talk about running our two companies, the ups, the downs, and the lessons we learn along the way. And a new episode, Boot Trapped. Ayat, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. You are in a good mood today. Yeah, that's something that we talked about is that sometimes it shows. Whereas I heard from people in our company that Khalid has the best poker face. You can never tell. I'm always smiling. I try and always smile. But sometimes I'm like boiling from the inside. They're like, come on, just do this. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know how to hide it. I'd show it all. Yeah. So we'll know when I'm ticked off. <laughs> it's a good thing, by the way. It's a very good thing because you want people to know. Yeah. You know, you don't want to look like, yeah, everything's fine. And then like the reality you're thinking, what the heck are you doing? So that's a problem I deal with. It's like one of the biggest problems that I deal with. But I've been working on giving very direct feedback. This sucks. We should be doing better. That's, by the way, I have this. No, we should be doing better. I think that's a way to tell somebody that, hey, this is not acceptable. Exactly. Just say it straight up. This is not acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> like, why say we should be doing this better? But anyways, yes. New year. Happy new year. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to go back. I thought we should be doing better. It's very clear. Hey, no, this is really not the level weeks. It lacks a lot of clarity, Khaled. It's ambiguous. So it's good, but it could be better. Yeah. You see how people can interpret it? But you think it's shitty. Say it's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do see some stuff and I'm like, what? Okay. Ayat, how was your last week? Beginning of the year, finally back home at work? Yes. It's like a fresh start. There was a lot of plans for us at Invesp to update some things that we've been doing, whether it's delivering to our clients in a better way, like we have specific goals that we're trying to achieve with our clients, trying to talk about our performance in a specific way to our clients as well and delivering that message in a better way. All of those things are now being implemented. So it's exciting and sometimes makes you a little bit anxious. What is the implication of this? What type of an impact are we going to see? What type of result we're going to see? So there's a lot of mixed feelings. Like it's also nonetheless, I think, exciting because for the first time, I feel that we have a really good, stable team that is actually in the nitty gritty details doing some of this, which I think for a very long time before, it was a lot more like of a hodgepodge in the sense that it was you and I doing a lot of the work and sometimes we'd bring in different people but it wasn't streamlined like how we're streamlining it now. That's a good thing. I like that. I like that. I see a lot of the meetings where, and I see the exchange of ideas. And it's funny. I don't know how you feel about this, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I'm included in these meetings. Not that I have time, but I love those discussions. And I understand that the team needs to have those discussions away from us sometimes. <laughs> so we could allow them the space to exchange ideas and without having, oh no, this is the way it should be. And the boss is saying that. And the guys with experience are saying that. No. 
let's see what you can come up with. So I actually enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. The other kind of thing is that we started conference pitching and it was funny because literally I think the team submitted a conference and immediately I got a response because the conference is MarTech. So she was actually looking for a pitch that included a topic that I had addressed and immediately reached out to me. And she already knows me because I've spoken at some of their conferences. So it's like a larger company. I think they're what? Third Door. Media, right? Third Door Media, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's Third Door Media. I think that's the parent company. And then there's like SMX and there's MarTech. So I haven't actually spoken at MarTech. This is going to be my first time. It's actually a virtual event. They used to do all their stuff in person, but now everything is on uh, virtual and it's worked out for them. So that's good. And, you know, obviously just for me, the biggest thing when it comes to conference pitching is just making sure that the briefs that are being pitched are things that I'm in line with. So actually I'm going through a process now going through just the pitches, making sure that they all make sense to me before the team actually utilizes them and, and pitches me to different conferences. That's exciting because I think how many conferences, events did you speak at last year? You did quite a few, actually, and international, and you keynoted twice. Yeah, that's true. Last year was big because I keynoted. I didn't do as many in 2023 as I did in 2022. 2022 was like an insane amount. I actually have to go back to my conferences and just see and validate. But I remember 2022 was really crazy. And I had said to myself in 2023, I wanted to slow it down a bit. But I think here and now in 2024, I want to up the ante as I did before. I like that. Hey, I'm excited. I like it when you go and speak. and Yeah. And I mean, the really amazing thing is that I keynoted at a couple of events. So I've been wanting to frame myself as a keynote speaker. And now I can because I am. So that's also a really good thing. Yeah. It's exciting to see that's progress. Do you remember first time we started pitching to conferences? Do you remember what year that was? I would think like 2007 or 8. 2007, 2008. You know, and then hats off to our friend Lee Odin, because they were helping us actually do those initial. And that's what we learned. Oh, so this is how you do it. We hired them and they helped us do those. Okay. Okay. So back at conferences, obviously you already secured your first speaking engagement. Yes. Excited about that. And then the last thing I think for us is it was interesting because a long time ago, we came up with this concept. We went through a lot of different before even FigPi, by the way, like we had a tool that we would use for invest that was just proprietary to investment. It wasn't FigPi. It had nothing to do with FigPi. It was more of like a project management system for the CRO project. Anyway, so one of the areas within that tool was called Panorama. And the idea was that we would be able to house all of these different elements and problem areas that we are identifying through our testing and then be able to capture stats on how many experiments actually ran with the same problem or how many experiments ran with the same testing element. And it's such meaningful data. In the end, we didn't actually deploy that tool. And now, like with the team, they're reviewing all of our documentation that we provide to our clients. But we told them, like, one of our objectives is that we do want a way and a resource a data bank Mm -hmm. that has all this information so that we can say that across, for example, specific industries, because we run thousands of experiments per year, there is such a like a huge opportunity and information that we can be providing our clients with and letting them know what testing is happening actually on other platforms in similar industries with that specific testing elements that they all kind of share. So 
there's a lot there. And interesting, just pulling up some of the old stuff that we've done, going through some of that documentation and being like, okay, well, we have some of it, but now we need to figure out, does it make sense to go this route? Are there better ways, et cetera? Yeah, yeah it's fascinating. I think it's funny because I was looking at the team's faces when you shared that and they look like there's 350 elements. <laughs> They're like, really? <laughs> you want us to go through this? And we have some vocal team members that were just like, oh, I think this is like a plausible thing. <laughs> and I understand that, I, of course, but I think there has to be a way that we can categorize things in a successful manner and not make it like, also, I don't want to burden the team. That's, I think, also part of it is that sometimes when you introduce these things, it could be burdensome. And I remember when we first started Panorama, Every time I would come with a new test concept, I'd look through the like the elements and like, I can't find it. So I'd type in like a new element, but you can't do that. You have to control your elements and your data. Otherwise it becomes like a hodgepodge of like, this is what I think there's merit in their concern. And I think we have a lot of smart people at our company and I'm hoping that we can put our minds together to come up with a really good way to categorize this information. I think it's an interesting problem to solve. And maybe I'll give my update from there because I've been thinking about that problem as well. And I've been thinking about it. I told you this. I've been thinking about it. Hey, the classification categorization problems existed before our business existed for centuries. And the best example is diseases. How do we classify diseases? So a doctor in South America can look at the disease and classify it with certain symptoms to say, oh, here's a problem. And a doctor sitting, I don't know, Russia, complete opposite end. Actually, they're close to each other if you look at the earth. But okay, a doctor sitting somewhere in Europe will say, oh yeah, here's the disease. So again, it's a classification problem, correct? And you have the top category and then you have subcategories. And then how do you say, oh, we have a new strain of this disease. It's like the flu. It's like this strain, that strain. Okay, so now we have a problem that relates to this and here's the subcategories. And in medicine, it's thousands upon thousands. Now, we don't want our team to do thousands upon thousands of categorization. So I've been thinking about like, okay, how do you deal with that? Some of this, you know, I can go back to the medicine. There are diseases. Some of the stuff is preventative, correct? So in order for you not to get sick, get the flu, you need to do one, two, three. In our case, okay, so there are problems on a page. How do you fix that? But then sometimes it's not about problems, it's about triggering certain action. I want people to actually act this way. There's not a problem. The page is perfect, but I want them to act right now. So there's different ways. So I've spent quite a bit of time working on that. And in conjunction, now we have a lot of A-B experiments, A-B tests running on FigPy. Lots of companies joining, utilizing FigPy. And it's been fascinating because one of the questions that come up, which was an invest question before, I ran an A-B experiment. I, I have a new homepage design. I split my visitors. 10,000 saw the old design. 10,000 saw the new design. Oh, the new design is better to increase our conversion rate. More people are converting. What's the actual dollar impact of a winning A-B experiment? That's, by the way, a tough question for anybody who runs an experimentation program. Now, the beauty of having really smart team members is we put our heads together and it's been, okay, it's been horrible because hours upon hours, Google Sheet formulas upon Google Sheet formulas. And Google Sheet is not the best way to program anything because I would write the formulas and some of those formulas are literally like five, six slides. And then I come in the next day and I'm like, I forgot what I did over here. I need to modify it. And it's just been horrendous. It's almost like you need to annotate if you use Google Sheets. You need to, because otherwise it's J1 multiplied by N3. Yeah, yeah. You need to annotate what everything means in some way. Yeah. And I do think, by the way, there's a way to annotate difference. I hope. Actually, I did not look into it. And then I talked to the team. I'm like, hey, we need to program this. We can't be doing it in Google Sheet. We always knew it's the first step. 
but this will be really cool to build into big pie. Yeah, it would be great for us too, because ultimately that's a question for invest always is what is the dollar impact and the revenue impact that you had? And we actually switched from changing it from return on investment to what we call return on change, meaning this is your the actual change that you're making and this is the actual impact in real time. So trying to really communicate that in a better way. And of course, like obviously FigPi, we don't only use FigPi, we use also VWO and other testing platforms. But they're just always a question. As somebody who runs FigPi, I'm like, come on, invest guys should be only FigPi. But no, I understand different clients, different requirements. And on that note, I've spent last week negotiating two new large enterprise accounts. And God, we made a mistake. We made a mistake where I don't know how we end up here, but here we are where we agreed for them to give us the terms and, and conditions for the agreements. We're a SaaS product. You know what? They're standardized yeah. agreements that we use. And oh my God, that amount of documentation and requirements. And the funny part is that this one enterprise account, the contract that they sent us, the agreement that they sent us is written for a consulting company. So there are lots of things that don't relate to software. And I'm like, come on, back and forth. So we finished all the negotiations. We agreed on the documents and we're like, okay, let's sign on. I'm excited. It's nice. Additional... MRR for us. And then they're like, oh, one more document. I'm like, okay, great. This other document was their insurance requirements. So they require outrageous amount of insurance. I mean, we carry the standard insurance, but they just basically multiply by 10. I'm like, hold on, you're you're almost going to cost me like $20,000, $25,000 in insurance per year just to meet your requirements. I'm like, why? So we're stuck there. We're negotiating back and forth. Hopefully we are able to sort that. But yes, I had its lesson learned because you were telling me I didn't learn any big lessons. <laughs> no, that's true. It's funny because I'm like, I don't know if I learned any lessons. No, that was a big lesson. Here's our agreement. I'm willing to modify a few things, but I am not going to let you write the agreement. I'm sorry. You know Exactly. Never give them that negotiating leverage. Just you have the terms. This is what it is. Something else, because we have so many more companies on FigPi, We've been dealing with some scaling issues, some performance issues, light performance. Most people wouldn't even, actually no one would notice those issues because they're backend, what we call batch processes that are taking a little longer than we anticipated. So the team has been working on that. So I'm dealing with that. I think we've resolved most of them. We have one more problem. So I'm hoping that we finish all of that and then we're done with our scaling issues. It's funny because you think, oh, I'm done. If you recall two, three months ago, I'm like, oh, we're done with scaling issues. Good. Okay, well, you think you're done. Okay, we'll triple the load on the system. And I was like looking at the primary metrics for us. I'm like, oh, we're doing well. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, what happened to our batch processes? What's happening here? Why is it slowing down? And then finally I interviewed and made an offer to a person who's going to be joining our sales team at FigPi. So that's exciting. That's exciting because that's the first sales hire, right? That is the first sales hire. We have had somebody that works on sales, but they weren't yeah dedicated dedicated to that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how sales of FigPi shape up in the next. Because I help, there's other people that help, and then we will see. And our goal, really, like my goal, is to triple our revenue by the end of the year. So we want to get to that point. So I had big lessons and plans for next week. Oh, you're combining them. I'm combining them. Okay. So my big lessons are don't reinvent the wheel. This was as a result of Panorama because initially when I talked to you about it, you're like, oh, like everything that we had done, like it's just garbage. But I really do think that we shouldn't reinvent the wheel. And I think we have amazing documentation. We should utilize that. But speaking about documentation, just organization and documentation in the correct manner is critical. If you're ever starting a company, 
keep that in mind <laughs> because otherwise you end up with big messes that you have to deal with later on and it's not fun. So those are the lessons that I have. And then for next week, I am getting the finalized documents from the team members. I'm really hoping that we'll review them and just start utilizing them. And then more conferencing, pitching and refining pitches, like <laughs> the abstracts that I'm going to be sending out. Yes. How about yourself? I guess we already shared my big lesson. Okay. So next time I've only told our team, I'm like, we send the agreement. So yes, that's a big lesson. If you ever run a SaaS, it will make your life tremendously easier. And maybe another big lesson on that, no one you need to hold your ground because Al is not willing to change. And now they're like, okay, maybe we can adopt this. Maybe we can. I'm like, yeah, I'm very flexible. And we go above and beyond with every customer. But there are some times where you say, you know what? No, this is beyond what we can agree to. For next week, I think the big thing for me is going to be onboarding the new sales team member. So that's going to take a little while. We need them up and running very quickly. And then we're working on new features that we're going to be releasing in FigPy as well. That's going to be exciting because there is one feature in particular that we must have been working on on and off, which is a horrible way to do SaaS. But we've been talking about it for seven years, six years. <laughs> We've been actually working on it for almost now four months, and we just had to stop multiple times because we had other things, other priorities. Because to the end user, it's not going to be very clear, but for us, it's very important and it's going to give us a much better view of the system. And even for our users, it's going to allow us to add a lot more features that they had not anticipated. So it's going to be exciting to push that out. So, you know, it looks like it's going to be a very busy week, which I like it. So that's great. It's a lot. Awesome. Thank you, Ayat. Thank you, everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would ask you to share it with somebody else who you think might actually enjoy it. And take care. And as we say in Invest, happy testing. And until next time. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode from Bootstrap. If you learned something new from this podcast or got some useful insights, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a review. Until next time.